Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi, this is Jordan Moreno, and this is The Valley Now, your weekly feel-good hour where we lift each other up with the stories of good people doing good things in your neighborhood. Every week, we'll be talking with community leaders who have a unique passion for our thriving city and those that make the Valley such a special place to live. Get ready to be inspired by the work they're doing, whether it's mentoring our youth, providing a platform for those without one, or just driving those worthy charitable causes. Listen in on the conversations and join us in raising our community. This is our time to shine, and this is The Valley Now. Another beautiful weekend in the Valley and another Valley Now episode. Today, I am chatting with Positive Coaching Alliance. Kind of a nice to meet you in person sort of situation. We've done a lot of emailing, uh, but Rich Tomey, the regional director, and Tamara Clark, senior partnership manager, and Positive Coaching Alliance, an organization that's been around since 1998. 98, yeah. 98. Yeah. So been around for a while. Just start by telling us about the organization. This organization was founded um, in 98 by a guy named Jim Thompson out of the Stanford Athletic Department. And he was just saw a need in, in the, you know, he had young kids at the time, saw a need in the youth sports space for training after being a part of some really rough experiences with his kids playing sports. And you see the, the good, bad, and the ugly with coaches and parents and athletes and just how important it is to really uh, provide the training and, and all the help you can get to these folks because most of these people are volunteers. So, mm-hmm. you know, we train parents, coaches, and athletes. We have a number of different workshops and uh, really it just, it kind of snowballs from there. So it, that was a simple start of it, but I think we've evolved a lot since then. And your mission is to provide these positive connections and relationships between child and coach, which is something that's kind of new school, I guess, if, if that's the right term for it. Yeah. I guess the best way to look at it is for a lot of these kids, they spend more time with their coaches sometimes than they do with their own parents, right? So parents are at work, dropping kids off at practices. They're spending a majority of their time with their coaches. So it's really important that the coaches are not only teaching them how to play a sport, but how to be a better person into society as well. A lot of kids who play sports, you know, might might do it for a certain reason, but the idea is that these coaches are able to drive them to be a better human outside of sports. Mm-hmm. And talk about some of those programs. You touched on, there's a wide variety of programs, but kind of dive a little deeper into what those look like. There's a number of different courses and, and trainings we offer, but I think this most simplistic one we offer is basically our triple impact competitor 
And that's sort of an entry workshop that we provide as a training opportunity for coaches, athletes. And, and basically that's, you know, respecting the game themselves and their teammates. I think coaches lose sight of how important they are in someone's life. You know, when a coach realizes that roughly 70% of kids quit sports by age 13, mm. that's a pretty big number. And the reasons are because of a, either a bad experience from a coach, bad experience from parents, just a bad overall experience. So our mission is to provide the tools to hopefully get those kids over the hump. And, you know, eventually they may grow, we all grow differently. You know, we have late bloomers and some kids mature differently and they become better athletes as they get older. Like I was, I was a real late bloomer. So it took me time, but giving these kids the opportunity to have fun and play in sports, that's the the simplistic mission of, of that. You know, we all learn such amazing things through sports, you know, how to overcome adversity and uh, winning and losing, how to handle things. So that's the ultimate goal of PCA is like you can take everything you learn in sports out into your, the real world, in the business community, right. in your job, in your family life. So I think it all connects and it's all it's simple when you say sports, but it's really life, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. And I think it's important to note too, Rich talked about the Triple Impact Competitor Workshop. Our number one goal for our coaches is we have what we call a double goal coach uh, workshop. And the idea is that it's winning and teaching life lessons and not necessarily in that order. So our coaches are really driven to teach them how to win because while people hear positive coaching alliance, sometimes they get the wrong impression that we're a hurrah, hurrah, everybody gets a trophy. Um, And that's not necessarily the case. It's more of we want to, it's really important to teach them how to win, but as they start losing or if they are winning, how do they, how do we as coaches, and I say we, because I'm also a coach and I know Rich is also is a coach as well. How do we as coaches instill in athletes that it's okay to win and you need to handle it correctly, but it's also okay to lose. And how do you bounce back? And some of the things that we teach are like mistake rituals, you know, what's a mistake ritual that an athlete might get. And also just to to get their mindset correct. And we also teach growth mindset. How do we have these kids have a growth mindset? But it's also teaching coaches to have a growth mindset. We run into a lot of old school coaches. Yeah, You yell, you berate your athletes, you make them run until they throw up. Our society isn't that way anymore. And so Mm -hmm. with PCA, we're allowed to come in and and show them some new techniques and some new skills to put into their tool bag so that they can better relate to the athletes they're dealing with in this present time. That's awesome, which I feel like we could all use a little bit more of that and you mentioned learning how to lose. I feel like kids have a tough time with that right now because there was the old school and then there's these millennial parents I am part of, but these millennial parents that are like, everybody gets a trophy, everything's fine. And so how you're kind of rewriting those scripts in a a positive way and meeting somewhere in the middle. How do you notice that the kids react to losing and how, what are some of those like techniques to kind of level set and come back to it's okay yeah it's funny when you mentioned double goal coach the first goal is to win and it's like when pca comes walking in the door i've been to many meetings and things with you know like football coaches for instance kind of a you know tougher group mm-hmm. you ask them okay double goal coach what's the first goal and they're like oh everybody gets a trophy you know because they think we're coming in we're just <laughs> right. going to be butterflies and, <laughs> and rainbows cinnamon, and unicorns you know? that's all great and it's like no <laughs> yeah. the first goal is actually to win and because the goal is to win but we're not going to win at all costs. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to pitch a kid 150 pitches just because he's the ace. Or and then you had mentioned, you know, losing, and it's like how you handle loss. To me, you know, mostly you learn more from your losses than oh, your yeah. wins. Steve Kerr is one of our national advisory board members. I've I always listened to this this speech he did with his players. They were getting destroyed. He's asked. He's telling his team, "Hey, 
we're going to learn from this game. Like he was, this was during the game. And he said, Hey, whatever happens, I want you guys to keep fighting. Don't give up. We're going to learn more from this than we will if we were on the other side. So, yeah. So for example, when we're teaching life skills, one of my roles is practice, right? So if you come to practice, you're, you're going to play in a game, but if you don't come to practice the day before a game, you're not starting. If I know you're not going to make it, if Fair. you just don't show up to practice and then come to a game and expect to play, you're sitting that bench the entire time, but you're expected to be there cheering your team on. And I don't care how how good of an athlete you are. I don't care if it means I'm losing a game. To me, teaching that important life skill is way more than winning at all costs, which is what exactly what Rich said. These coaches get in this mentality that it's so important to win, but it's more so holding these kids accountable because like you said, the millennials, I mean, my five-year-old is all about winning and it, yeah. it's so funny to me because I thought I was doing a really good job teaching her like, it's okay if you don't lose, but watching that child throw a fit when her sister beats her to the bathroom to brush her teeth, it <laughs> yeah. is crazy to me, but yeah. it's because and ball they all got you know trophies and she's in Mm -hmm. cheer now and they all get rings no matter how well or bad they do Mm -hmm. and it's as parents now we'll talk about the parent piece because something pca does do that a lot of organizations don't in our realm is have the parent aspect of it so we do what we call the single uh, goal parent their only goal is the teaching life lessons and trying to wrangle that parent in and say they have a coach for a reason let the coach do their job but as a parent here are some things you can do you know don't ask them too many questions when they get in that car ride home with you because research shows that a kid's dreaded like worst thing they can do after a game is that car ride home with their parents because they never know what's going to come out of it and that can be the scariest part for a kid so it's how do sad. we teach I know it is it's really sad <laughs> like when they were surveyed kids said the worst part was that car ride home and that was win or lose mm-hmm. because most parents and and my parents were guilty of it but he was also my coach and I mean, Rich may be able to attest to this too is naturally instinctively we want to be proud of our kids but we also want to say do you know what you did wrong yeah can here's you, something that yeah here's something on. you can do yeah. better and as a parent it's really important that we're able to draw that line between being a parent and a coach because if we were also their coach, then we wouldn't need these other coaches. And you have to be able to trust your coaches. But another piece of being a good parent means that you're not berating the official, no matter what that looks like. Yes. And that is a big thing that we see. I mean, Rich, how many brawls have we heard of recently where parents are getting into it at a nine-year-old baseball game or yeah. stabbing somebody else at an eight-year-old basketball Jeez. game because they're so mad at the other parent? And it's trying to teach these parents that your kids watch you and mm-hmm. they see how you react and they're waiting for you to react so they know how to react. So one style uh, workshops that we do is definitely parent workshops. And Rich, I think you've actually been through a few of our parent workshops as a parent in in it. So maybe you can speak to it a little more. I think they're great. Obviously parents, I I think in this day and age, sometimes you just want to step in and say something, but it's, you know, a lot of times it's not your place. So I think, you know, parents were all like, it's so different than from when I was a kid till now it's, there's so much pressure. And the number one piece for any organization or or high school team is to establish a culture or a expectation with your parents. You know, to me, that's the number one thing. Like when I'm coaching my baseball team, I had a parent meeting first day and I said, this is what we're doing. And this is what the rules are. No screaming at the umpires, no screaming at your kid from the stands. Let me do my job. And if there's an issue, then have your son come up and let's talk about it and we'll handle it. And if it if it grows and we need to do something else, we will. But, you know, I think for a lot of these teams, coaches, some don't know how to do it because they're, they're first time coaches or they're, you know, nervous or they don't want to upset mm-hmm. parents because they think they're going to leave. So I think just establishing that from the get go, this is how we're doing it. PCA talks about this is how we do things here. 
So just establishing a culture to me is the number one step for any team with that coach-parent relationship. It's children's sports and you think like, oh, I'll never do that. But I have the same thing. My son's in flag football. He's in soccer and he is four. This is very, very (laughs) beginner uh, sports. And I I feel it like come up inside me sometimes of like, oh God, like get your head in the game or like he's picking grass. I'm like, go. And like, I don't know if it's just because we paid for it or what it is, but I'm like, get in there, like get something out of this. So I know that it can be hard on the parent side, but it is just crazy the way that people go off on each other. But you talked um, a little bit about those impact numbers. Speak more to what that impact is locally. Kind of what are some of those numbers, both on the parent side and on the child side? How are we kind of changing Arizona sports? PCA has evolved over the last several years. We've gone away from more of a to more of a regional model where some of the places that used to have traditional chapters, if you will, are no longer they're just sort of run by in a regional perspective. Arizona, you know, is still runs as a chapter. So we're one of the the few that still operates that way, which is great because we've had, you know, since I've been here, we've been one of the the quickest to grow in terms of you know, both resources as well as impact. So I think, you know, we do typically, what, 200 or so workshops a year. I will say before the pandemic, so before 2020, we yeah. were on track to do 300 workshops for 2020. We Jeez. were on track to do it, which is, to put it in perspective, more than L.A., was doing and LA County is way bigger. Yeah. So just, right. I mean, we were on track to do way more. Obviously the, the pandemic hampered some of that because we had to shut down and figure out a new way to evolve. But on average, we do about two to 250. We're also very rare in the fact that we have 13 physical trainers in our state. Okay. So we... Um, we don't really do the Zoom option in Arizona unless it makes sense for somebody. Mm-hmm. We really thrive on our trainers are amazing in person. They get to engage with our coaches, our parents, our athletes. And I think that's why we are surviving so well because Rich and I have really wanted to hone in on the fact that it's so much better and beneficial for parents, kids, and and, and coaches to have that one-on-one interaction with the trainer, ask questions, and then also interact with each other and have you know tasks and activities to really create that sense of belonging longing within their sport. So workshop wise, we do about 200 upwards of 200 yeah. a year. This year, we're probably on track to do close to 250. And when I say year, our fiscal year is September 1st through August yeah. 31st. Okay. So kind of like a school mm-hmm. session. And we're statewide, you know, a lot of places focus. Tampa you know, is a great um, chapter for us. But they focus only on Tampa. So Arizona is a little unique. We pretty much focus statewide. So we do workshops in Phoenix, Tucson, Thatcher, Thatcher, you <laughs> I don't name even it. I don't know what I mean, that is. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a little mining town. And again, that's another one of those things where before Rich came on, Rich is what, six years now? Yeah. And then he hired me a year later. So I've been, I'm going on five actually this month. He just celebrated six. Um, one thing that him and I came on and Rich had this idea that nobody should not have access to our workshops. It is critical that we have that everybody have access to it. So where other areas might be saying, no, we, we can't offer this to you. Rich has said, absolutely not. Like we are to find a way to provide these workshops for anybody and everybody. Impact wise though, we easily impact over 100,000 kids a year here yeah. in Arizona alone. And that's obviously you can't do that alone. So right. speak to some of those partners that you have. My main focus, like many nonprofits, is to obviously raise money. Mm-hmm. And all the money we raise here in Arizona, we like to keep here in terms yes. of putting it to work for workshops and the mission. So, you know, obviously we've worked with, you know, Fiesta Bowl charities and Thunderbird charities, you know, all the big, you know, the sports teams. We have great relationships with 
you know, the, the Suns, the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals, they've been really big supporters. So we typically will work with their youth football or their youth baseball teams and work within their organization to to be a resource for their kid, the kids in their program. So, you know, that's an easy one for us because obviously the connection, it's, it's a really good way for us to get our name out there as well. So those, they kind of elevate our brand. But obviously, you know, without supporters like, you know, Learn and Grow gives back and, and people that can help us. There is a cost to these workshops. So for us to go into a district and say, hey, and they're like, we can't afford, you know, training because we can barely pay our teachers or we're mm-hmm. we're trying to buy books or right. there's meals that need to go out to because there's so many needs. But obviously, this is something most people want to be a part of and provide to their coaches. So for us to come in and say, hey, we got it covered. All we're asking, we like to get a little buy in. So if it's like 50, 100 dollars. Because we found that, you know, if a school or a youth sports organization is offering something just totally for free, there's they lose the value in it. So we like to try and get some kind of buy-in just so that we know they got skin in the game a little bit. So and that's minimal. And then we can cover the rest of the costs through grants and other opportunities like that. But I think, you know, in terms of the type of partners. So we work with everybody from the Boys and Girls Clubs to the YMCA's to school districts to Little Leagues, Arizona Soccer Association. We we have a motto here in Arizona that we don't want to make an impact like a small impact, we want to make a large impact. So we want to go after the districts and we want to go after the associations and that way it trickles down and everybody is speaking the same language, rather that be the double goal coach, the single goal parent, the triple impact competitor. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to have that conversation be very universal. Um, we work in charter schools, private schools. The AIA is a huge supporter of what we do and we work really heavily with them. We do about 15 to 20 workshops a year with the AIA, meaning we're at their coaches meetings, their AD meetings, they have a student leadership program Group that we have created this amazing character and leadership development program. And it's a series of four workshops that a lot of these school districts are, are adopting so that they can go into these captain's councils and have their athletes who lead each sport come and have meetings like once a month. And we're a part of that, helping them go back into their communities, go back into their schools, sports, and really start to build that leadership quality that they can take into their career. So it's a really cool opportunity that we have had the opportunity to do over the past three years with that. Do you have any stories of kiddos that you've kind of followed that maybe were ready to give up sports um, and then came and saw you guys and ended up going on to great things or even like you said put it into a a business perspective or you know they're just rocking life in general in the last couple years i've had more parents reach out to me on the side and just say how much this has meant to them they just are so thankful and appreciative of how this has shaped the mind of their child going into even some of these kids aren't even going to play sports in college so the ability to have kids talk about this type of thing it just makes them think larger picture about, you know, what this really means and how they can take it into their next life or their, you know, business or school. So I think that has been the one piece of it, you know, just not with the specific case, but I think just, you know, from a top level, I think the parents to me have been more appreciative and probably need to do a better job. I think we could totally follow all Have these an kids. alumni program. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably something. I'm glad I added work yeah, to your plate. So when we do an alumni yeah. program, yeah. Well, well, thank you. We'll be no, like, it'd be so the Jordan Moreno <laughs> alumni program. Yeah, bring them back in. You know, we, we should do a better job of tracking, but maybe you have a more specific. Story. Yeah. I mean, I think I have a few. So this past year, I think is a testament to the work we've done um, over the past five years. So one high school in particular is Empire High School. They are down just right outside of the Tucson area and they actually are really 
really cool. So they're a hub for sports. So there are a few schools around there that don't offer sports programs, but Empire High School allows those kids to play sports for them. And this last year, we had three kids from Empire High School actually win our scholarship. And it's because they have been at Empire now for the last four or five years. And they have just learned our language. And they were so thankful. I mean, they took pictures. They were sending it to their AD, who we work really closely with. Um, Their softball team went to state two years ago. And it was just a really cool movement to watch this small little school that welcomes so many different athletes into their school and to be able to win our scholarship I mean I think it just shows that we are we are moving in certain areas and I think it's fantastic but on top of that a personal story is I currently coach a middle school softball team which you Mm -hmm. had the pleasure of meeting Um, but when I took it two years ago this school in particular had no high school softball team. And so for the past four or five years, they didn't have a softball high school team. And so I coached the way that I've, I've been taught through PCA and handling my parents and athletes. And the high school team wasn't going to happen because these girls had had such bad experiences that they were leaving middle school and going to a local uh, public school instead of staying with our charter school. And so I got to step in and um, I had all my middle school girls. I did my parent meeting like Rich just described. I, I do a very similar parent meeting but for me it wasn't about winning it was more about building these kids as athletes and uh, it was really cool because I got asked right as season was ending to step in and coach their high school team because the girls had felt what some of their sisters or younger athletes were doing and so we are now on year two with the high school softball program and I have more girls coming out but it's because and we've also used PCA workshops we do a social media workshop for our athletes we do parent workshops we really try and invite push PCA onto the athletes and the parents to create a culture that these girls a feel safe playing in but b like they're getting more competitive each year and it's really cool to watch and I can't wait to see where they are in four years and and see how it's impacted them um but I I hear them using the PCA language and it makes my heart happy so yeah they were a great group of girls too yeah they're amazing I mean that was a playoff game and we lost and it was such a bummer um but they they were all crying and they're gonna play for me next year they're eighth graders but for them to realize that season was ending like that was really cool to know like these girls were sad that season was ending because mm-hmm. they enjoyed playing with each other and playing um, on a team that was important to them. Right. I'm sure you see a lot of relationships and friendships evolve and blossom that otherwise wouldn't have. Those are meaningful connections. Yeah. It's funny you say that because literally last Monday, I think it was, I had a meeting with the, the kids I'm coaching at Horizon. And um, the first thing I talked about was I know you were all we're we're mostly sophomores and juniors but you know in school you guys may not be friends or close Mm -hmm. or hang out but here you're a family and you're friend and you you're a team and you know that and for most of them this is the last time this group of kids will play together especially in high school and sports where you're always moving up and up you know just capturing the moment and and appreciating the opportunity to be on this team because that's the only time these kids are going to be together and so it kind of resonated you could see them thinking and it's like wow you know because by the end of the season they've created this bond and they're this camaraderie and then it's i mean last year kids are crying and like tamara it's just like that's what you want to create that meaningful experience for these guys the beauty of sports girls yeah and it's just there's so many great things and it's just such a magical and and again, it's like it. I mean, Tom Brady still talks about his high school coach. Oh, absolutely! It really makes a difference. And they're not talking about Belichick or all these. They're talking about their middle school yeah. or high school. There's yeah. they remember. There's a kid or two on Tamara's team or my team that may eventually down the road be like, "Gosh, I remember Coach Tommy just 
the way he spoke to me and just really made an impact. To speak to that, I have one athlete that could absolutely go D1. And we're a 1A school, right? We're a 1A. And I have one girl and she is so driven. She wants to go D1. And so to be able to be that coach that maybe one day she'll get to that D1 and be able to to talk about, I think that's, I think it's more important that coaches do it for the impact on our, our athletes, not for the wins and losses. And I tell the girls all the time, one day you'll look back and you won't remember your home runs. You won't remember your wins or your losses, but you'll remember the, the friendships that you built on this team and and you'll remember the good and the bad, but you'll also remember, I'm hoping, a coach that drove you to be the best athlete that you could. I mean, there are lots of stories because I sit on a lot of these workshops that um, our, our trainers do and some of these questions these trainers asked are just so so natural but makes you really think and I had one trainer and he was in a room and he asked every coach he said how many of you had a bad experience in sports remember you know a coach and everybody's hand went up like they could tell you exactly one coach that just negatively impacted them and then he asked the same question how many of you had a good coach and what was his name and like maybe a quarter of the room went up and the trainer looked at him and said, which coach do you want to be? And I was like, that is genius. Like, yeah. which coach do you want to be? Do you want to be the coach they remember because you were that old school mentality that was just harsh? Or do you want to be that coach they remember because like Rich just said, Tom Brady remembers his high school coach, not his professional coach. So Absolutely. I think it's really important that coaches remember why they coach. And if it's for wins and losses, then they might want to reconsider why they're coaching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like we could have a whole other episode just talking yeah. about female representation in sports yes. too. And and the the female sports that are available, you know, available for girls versus the sports that are available for boys. But mm-hmm. I will not tangent. I'll keep it right here. <laughs> What's coming up uh, the rest of the year for you guys as we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I mean, we're just busy setting up workshops and obviously the spring is in full swing um, with those sports and so I think we have a lot of workshops scheduled and we're always looking for new partners and I think you know we we through our board and David Hines at the A who's our board chair you know we're we have a lot coming down the pipeline so but again we're always looking for new partners and and people that we want to it's 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 a little cumbersome because it's like there's so many youth leagues out there and there's Mm -hmm. so many opportunities so i think the goal is to do as many as we can so i think we're just every year we're trying to just really make as much impact as we can so we're just but like tamara said we're small so we're we try and hit it at the top of the mountain so it kind of trickles down so if we can go to the the source and then help us get to the the masses that's that's the easiest way so when we've been successful at that so we do have a fundraising event once a year that we are currently working on that really helps fund this area um and to rich's point we are always trying to grow and i think we've done a really good job owning the valley to the best of our ability and we've moved into tucson quite a bit actually Mm -hmm. um over the past three years we've hit tucson so i think our next goal is how do we hit the north valley i mean we do things with payson we do things with flagstaff high school heber overgard which is a small school district but for us our next step would be how do we grow into these areas like a thatcher who doesn't know about us um, how do we provide those opportunities for them so for us it's just always constantly growing and a big part of that is doing what we do which is the aia but at the end of the day we are a two-man show here in arizona yeah. um <laughs> <Here> so <they laughs> are. we we make an impact the best that we can but i think having over 400 partners here in arizona is a huge a huge win for us so mm-hmm. we can yeah. just keep growing and it's funny when we when i look at prospective uh, leagues or sports teams to to reach out to you know you always read their mission mission statements and it always <laughs> says we're here to provide a positive youth culture for all parents athletes and it's like a lot of these groups are not accountable you know and i think mm-hmm. finding ways to hold them accountable and be like you know i've seen your your league and 
this is not what's going on. So, <laughs> you have the yelling yeah. parents. Sometimes, we're, sometimes yeah. we will go into a league and try really hard to partner with them ahead of time and they'll say, oh no, we don't, we don't need you. We have great. Ooh. And it's when, actually, it's when we get called because some, an incident has happened and we just want to look at them and go, we, we could have helped try and prevent this, yeah. which I think is why Chandler joined a long time ago. Chandler joined us because they wanted to be preventive. And so if something ever did happen, they could say, hey, we gave you guys the tools now this is something that you've done mm-hmm. against what we've what we've been teaching and so you know if we could give any advice i think to any organization be preventive i mean even if it's coming in and letting us just give your coaches or your parents or your athletes some additional tools so that you don't end up on fox news with yeah. a brawl happening at your little league like we want to <laughs> help want yeah. we don't we don't want the call after we want to be the help preventive piece of yeah, that absolutely. absolutely so pca.org to learn more positivecoach.org Positive is coach. the org. website and uh, yeah we have some really great resources there's a thing we call the dev zone which is like the web md for youth sports so if you had a parent issue or how do i you know talk to my kid about this or that you can like you know type it in and all these videos and resources will come up so um, there's some really good resources and again we have a national advisory board of like i don't know 200 Olympians and yeah. pro sports guys and always growing. coaches. It's just growing. And they provide a lot of great content for us and we do webinars and different things. So there's some really cool resources and, you know, we're trying to do a lot locally as well with, we're working with the Suns and Devin Booker. We were fortunate enough to get their, uh, their starting five grant this year. So, oh, yeah. so that was a big deal, but you know, opportunities to do more with the local teams is always great. And they're, you know, the, the pro guys, um, Steve Kerr, obviously, you know, U of A guy, but he's on our national advisory board. So we, we, we'd love to connect the dots there and make, and kind of localize those. Cause that makes a big deal to, to kids and coaches yeah. to, you know, hear it from people that they know. So, um, but yeah, I think those are the best ways. And again, we, we just love doing things like this where we can get our word out and, and talk to, talk to the people. Well, Rich, Tamara, thank you so much for being here and spreading the good word on Positive Coaching Alliance. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. All right, I want to give a very special thank you to my guests today. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program and making our community an amazing place, not just to live and to work, but most importantly, to play. You can hear The Valley now on the radio with audio on demand on radio station websites and the Odyssey app. My name is Jordan Moreno. Shine your light, share your love, and join us again next week right here on The Valley Now. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.